Hi, I'm Tom Zalatni. And I'm Tafara Jemian. And you're listening to the No Bad Food Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This is a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. Every week, we dig into a different dish, meal, ingredient, cuisine, or piece of food media, exploring the history and culture around it, sharing favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. The only rule? You gotta love it. After all, there's there's no no such such thing thing as as bad food. food. Before we dig in, we'd like to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where we're recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. We encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. It's that time of year again, folks. The time where 16 foods go head-to-head in intense matchups week after week to determine which food deserves to win the title of Food of the Year. In addition to the crown, the winner gets bragging rights and a bunch of extra content dedicated to it for the rest of our 2024 season. This is Munch Madness. We're getting right into some voting rounds today, folks. The competition is underway, and we're going to see who makes it through the heats to be declared food of 2024. Indeed, indeed, indeed. This first round of matchups is an exciting one. I mean, I think all the rounds are going to be exciting this season. We have uh, 16 really strong contenders for the throne, but I'm I'm very, very stoked to see how things turn out in the first round matchups, because this is really where all the seeds are sown for the rest of the season. So we have two great matchups this week to kick things off. First up, we have our People's Choice Division, where the second seed potatoes are up against the third seed pickles. Will the spuds be our buds, or will the gherkins be jerkin' all the way to the second round? That's, you did that. I did you that. You did that. There's such a thing as seed potatoes, but I've never heard of a seed pickle. A very good point, Tever. A very good point. Our second matchup is our host's choice division, where my pick, citrus fruits, is going up against Tom's pick, ice cream. I feel, I feel like this particular matchup, matchup is a little bit of a cheat. <laughs> I don't feel like this is a fair match, personally. I mean, you know, I think there would probably be some people who would argue that ice cream, by virtue of being a dessert, is not as powerful a food force as citrus, because citrus is, like, in everything, right? That person would be a fool, though, because citrus is also in ice cream. I know citrus is my pick. I just ice cream. (laughs) Like, we don't all scream for tangerines. No, it's true. Only ice cream for tangerines. Toby, what do you think is better, ice cream or citrus fruits? Ice cream. Yeah, out of the mouths of babes. But we'll see, you know? We'll see. In a battle of sweet versus sour... Will our judges stay fresh, or are they too cool for school? There's only one way to find out. Let's throw it to our first guest judge. Okay, folks, we are here with our very first guest judge on this year's Munch Madness Food Bracket Tournament here on No Bad Food. The one, the only, Eric Silver. Eric is the head of development at Multitude, the best DM in podcasting, the host of Join the Party, and uh, the person I know who has the most hats and sneakers. Not the person who has the most hats, not the person who has the most sneakers, but the person who has the most hats and sneakers simultaneously in my entire social circle. Eric, thank you for joining me. I need both man accessories. I need both (laughs) straight guy accessories out here in these streets. Listen, I get it. I'm not a big shoe person, but I am a big hat person. And Mm. I don't feel like I have enough of them ever, you know? I'm now realizing for both my shoes and my hats, it's really just like I patronize 
one company a lot. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm okay with that. That's fine. Sure. That's definitely fine. That's what you got to do. It's what you got to do. I'm not going to shout out Nike because they don't need it. But I yeah. am going to shout out Ebbets Field where I get all my hats. They're awesome. They make like real felt hats. Uh, then they look really sleek and they're very fashionable. I've seen a lot of like men's fashion TikToks that recommend it. And I recommend <laughs> it to everyone for these hats. I'm currently wearing like my regular New York. This is like, and they have soccer and college, but mostly baseball hats. Sure. So I'm wearing one for like an old New York City uh, minor league team, but it just says NY on it. So you wouldn't know. But I have like a bunch of different ones. I finally got my NYU one. I got my New York University one that I've been waiting for for years. Uh, I have one that just has a pig on it, which was a baseball team for a mining company that like also did barnstorming as okay. like part of their job. What percentage of your hats do you think have New York on them? Oh, that's a good question. Re they're relatively low. I have a lot of New York stuff, but I just like New York, and I'm realizing this is a thing that like people from not New York have. So I think I have a lot of shirts. I made a TikTok once when I was going to LA, and I pretended that I was going to pack all of my New York City stuff, and people on TikTok were mean and said that I didn't seem like I was a New Yorker. I'm like, no, I just, this is a post-2020 world where I buy merch to support local businesses yeah. i have like two pieces of merch from my butcher <laughs> shout out to the meat hook in brooklyn new york i have like so much cats's stuff i i have a i just have a lot of stuff so i Good. definitely have three things that say new york on them i have this one i have the nyu one and then my cats's hat i think has new york on it but i have like i have so many hats Listen, I I completely understand. I have a bunch of hats with New York on them because I support a, a baseball team we won't mention here today. Uh, and you that's know, fine. That's fine. I, I will only accept one of them. You in your New York hat, me in my I love Montreal bagels T-shirt. Yes. Uh, and I think possibly both of us wearing jambies. Are you wearing jambies? Are those the ones I gave you? They're the ones you gave me. <laughs> oh my god, this was so funny. Tom came to New York City. <laughs> And I was just carrying around these these shorts that I had because I was going to return them that I for the living in the future, I of course got like five shorts and I didn't want any of them. Uh, so I was carrying around them and you had lost your luggage or something? No. Were you packed incorrectly? I was wearing my like work pants because they yeah. were what I was wearing when we got in the car to go down and the only pair of shorts that I packed, um, I accidentally packed Teffer's shorts and I couldn't rock that look. Yeah. And you were and, like, but it was like weirdly hot that day. That was. was the issue. It was like you you came down and you're like, oh, I'm coming down from Canada. Uh, everyone knows the Great White North. I think it's I'm not going that far. It must not be so much hotter than where I'm going. And yeah. it was. It was disgustingly so I, hot. Yeah. So, so I like pulled out of a tote bag some shorts and I'm like, here you go. Half of them. And you're like, great. I very much needed them. <laughs> It was really, like, serendipitous, honestly. And uh, I think not a day goes by that I don't wear one of the two pairs of shorts, either just as my lounging around the house shorts or, like, I guess it's winter now, so mostly just for that. But, like, sure. I wear them to bed. Like, it, they're they're so comfy. They're really comfy. This is... We've turned No Bad Food into a men's fashion podcast, and I think I'm punished. I feel like this is... Or maybe this is the... You've already told me what I'm arguing about, yeah. and this is my punishment to you, that I'm going to talk about my clothes, because you've given me such a ridiculous, such an absolutely ridiculously hard matchup. Or at least one that I know that people are going to be mad, because I feel strongly about what mm -hmm. I'm going to pick. And yeah. I feel like a lot of people are going to feel the opposite. 
Well, look, I just feel like when you're when you're watching a sports tournament, there is always some amount of like advertising for fashion brands or for like especially for fucking men's streetwear right and so why not start munch madness 2024 with a little bit of a time of talking about boy clothes and how we wear them um this is like when stitch fix buys a commercial in the middle of a basketball game you're like all right i guess i remember when i was doing ads for you all right yeah you know that's how it is that's how it is and uh so you know you you alluded to it so let's get into it our first matchup today is one that i think it's a really brutal matchup in my mind it's one that Mm -hmm. i hate having to choose between and i'm glad that i don't have to choose between because i'm the host and not the guest judge uh and that is potatoes versus pickles so eric Mm. tell me which one of these are you voting for and why this is hard for me because in my household we are a uh, jewish irish household Uh, my wife amanda mclaughlin who's been on the show is uh from a family of of bricklayers who came over from Ireland, uh, and she loves potatoes. And I do love potatoes. I really do. I love the things about potatoes. But when I was thinking about this, not only, first of all, I'm picking pickles. Like, come on, I'm picking pickles. <laughs> I Pickles are in my blood. I care so much about pickles. I eat pickles so much. I love them. But he, I think that this is going to be more about me telling you why the other choice is overrated. Because okay. it's like, because I love I think that there is something so ingrained in me as a Jewish person, but also like as a human that I love weird acidic things. I love putting vegetables in vinegar and seeing what the fuck happens. Sure. That I think that there's something that's so human and like deeply anthropological about pickles. But here's the thing about potatoes. We love potatoes for things that are so abstracted from potatoes. Mm. Not the potatoes I, themselves. I think I know where you're going with this, and I think I agree with you. Yeah. Elaborate. We love the meals that are the potato. I recently learned from Amanda that she really only likes baked potatoes. Like, she doesn't like roasted potatoes. Out of all, all the ways to make a potato, that is the lowest on, on the list for her. And I'm like, but that's how you make vegetable. Like, most vegetable, you roast it, right? Right. I know that there's the boiled thing, but we're living in 2024. Let's roast our fucking vegetables, right? Yeah, yeah please. So it's like, oh, I thought you liked it when we did a big bake and we put, like, chicken and a green and onions for me because she can't eat onions. And, and I thought you liked it. She's like, no, actually, I realized I just like baked potatoes. But so I'm like, oh, wait, we like the meals that are uh, that are our human ingenuity do weird things upon the potato mm-hmm. that turn it into something that we love. For example, the French fry. Right. The the baked potato, the mashed potato. And really, isn't that just a fat delivery system? Yeah. Am I am I hating on that? No, I love fat delivery systems. I love putting that into my mouth. Yeah. I love the butter that goes in 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 mashed potatoes. I love the oil that goes into a French fry. I love the amount of sour cream and condiments that I'm going to put upon my baked potato. But is that the potato? No, we are tricking ourselves into eating the vegetable because we're not just going to go house some butter. And I don't. And I think that the potato have been carried by. If the if the pickle is the expression of us taking the vegetable and doing something human upon it, I think the potato is us pretending that Mother Gaia is is caping for us as we do something terrible to our to ourselves, which is eat like bacon bits and sour cream. 
Yeah. You know, I, I had a feeling this was the direction you were going in with this argument. And like, I don't disagree. Like, I love potatoes as a as a genetically Irish and conversionally Jewish person. I, too, really? am a big fan of both potatoes and pickles. This is a tough matchup for me. But yeah, when I when I think about the things that I love about a potato, yeah, it breaks down to I do love a good starch. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, Any time I can put starch in my body, I'm here for it. But yeah, it is just a delivery method for other things, just like any other starch, right? And like, I don't think a starch has the star power to win Munch Madness, I say, after two consecutive years of bread winning Munch Madness. I, I... But, but like, bread, but potato is just the, is a, this like illusion that we have put upon ourselves so that we're not making bread win again. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's it. I think, I think rather than letting potato get to the finale of the show and win and be just another fucking starch. I like the idea of it being something tangier, like a pickle, something that has a little bit more oomph to it inherently. Right. I think that the fact that you said pickles is like all pickled items. Like if you really expand outside of, and listen, I deeply love the pickled cucumber, but it's like pickled onions, pickled pineapple, pickled tomatoes, pickled, pickled, even the weird ones like pickled eggs. They're interesting. They're interesting, and it is because humans, after we put meat on fire, we're like, what else can we do that's weird? It's like, well, I left this bowl of fruit out over there. I'm going to see what happens to that in a little while. Maybe it's going to make me loopy later. Maybe I'm going to use that to do some sports betting that I shouldn't be getting into. What am I going to do in the meantime? Well, I dropped this cucumber in this vat of vinegar, and it's awesome. It's delicious. I think there's a reason why, especially if we're comparing side dishes here, Mm -hmm. there's a reason why in the places that potato and pickle battle, which I would say is the deli sandwich area, because we always talk about deli sandwiches here when I'm on no no bad food, is like there's a reason why you can choose to have macaroni salad or potato salad, but you are always getting that pickle on the side. Yeah. The pickle is is definitive, while potato can be swapped out for any other starch or any other like mayo or butter or cream delivery service. Yeah, that's it. Like the the pickle feels like it brings something essential to the like eating experience. Yeah. Whether that's in in the form of a, a gherkin or in the form of like yeah, fucking pickled onions on a burger, or you know when you get Indian food and there's like a wide array of mysterious pickled items on the table, oh, and you're like, I oh, love yeah, that. Let's go. I don't know what half of these are, but I'm into it. You know, whatever it is, it yeah. it is something that adds to the eating experience. In a way that, yeah, like potatoes often can be replaced. Now, does that mean that, you know, a really good mashed potato can be replaced by something like a salad? No, not necessarily. But like, no, it feels less like an essential element than acidity, which is really what you're voting for if you vote for pickle, right? Like you yes. need the acid and, and often crunch that comes with that. Right. I think if we think about the the times that we use potatoes the most, mm-hmm. either potato has been taken so far away from its weird tuberness to look almost undistinguishable, where I'm thinking about the crinkle cut fry, the steak fry, or the smiley face fry. Sure. Or we or it should be swapped out for something a little more interesting or a little more basic. Like let's talk about Thanksgiving American Thanksgiving food. Mm-hmm. If you have mashed potatoes at your table, I wanna ask you why you don't have or are you making space for? Are you crowding the sweet potato or the sure. yam, or the the just the straight up rolls, or are the mac and cheese? Like, what are we right. doing here? Why is the why is the mashed potato even here? Yeah, 
See, for me, like a mashed potato, if it's not like 50% dairy, it's not a good mashed potato. And like yeah. at that point, like it it feels justified to have it, but it doesn't feel more justified than any of those other options, you know, like that they, they, it just is there. You're making me think of like the memification and like the salt, the contentification of the pickle, which I love. And I'm glad that everyone is on board with making weird pickle stuff. But it, it is exactly what you're talking about. Like if you're watching Gordon Ramsay make his mashed potatoes, it's like you got to put it through the ricer and then it has to be 50 percent butter. Like that's we're, we're abstract. It is the acceptance of the pickle versus the abstraction of the potato. And that's why potato can't win. Well, exactly. And and it's the same thing. Like I've talked about this with my friends who keep kosher about how bacon has like been overhyped, right? And I think you and I have even talked about the like bacon oh, yeah. industrial complex, right? But the yes. thing with I don't bacon, I don't like bacon because I didn't grow up eating it because I grew up eating kosher. And sure. now I miss the part where the pork lobby put kajillions of dollars. <laughs> True story. This sounds like a joke, but it's not. No, it's real. like it's the, the bacon as a personality was a work by the pork lobby. That's true. Yeah. It's like 90% government trying to sell you pork and 10% Harley Morenstein putting it on everything and and making it famous. Morenson? What is his last name? Uh, the, 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 the epic, epic mealtime guy. Epic, the epic mealtime guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Canada's um, own. Canada's own. I think potato has the same issue as bacon where mm. bacon is exciting because it's a delivery system for fat, salt, smoky, crunchy all these things that we like, but it's not inherently that great. And in the same way, potato is a delivery system for all these things that we really like. But on its own, yeah, it's a potato. Don't get me wrong. Love potato. Love all the things that it can do for us. But in terms of star factor, I feel you. It's the pickle all the way. Star factor. Does it have it? No. It is always going to be the Kelly Rowland in the Destiny's Child. Yeah. And frankly, like there are cultures in the world that don't give two shits about a potato. Yes. It is much harder to find places where they haven't pickled something and made it a staple of their cuisine. One thousand percent. I love that. I love yeah. that a lot. I also I think about that a lot when I went to the UK for the first time. I went to mm. Manchester for a, a live show for one of our podcasts. And it's just like what what a very specific place that then decided it was the best because they hadn't seen anywhere else because it's an island. At one point, my friend who we were staying with is like, yeah, we I didn't realize we had like temperature privilege, how like it's always 50 degrees at any time. So we never have to worry about what happens next. And I'm like, that's so wild how true that is. That's yeah. absolutely crazy. Also, the potato, I think it's a bad rap, especially because potatoes come from Peru. But then everyone assume it's like Irish. I mean, it's just to one of those tubers it is no better than the other tubers that exist yeah. and yet we have deified it because of the westernization of blah 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 blah, blah while pickles is international cuisine i i love that point that's a really good point side note vinegar in and of itself is a crazy enough concept that like for pickles <laughs> to exist requires like two layers of human beings kind of fucking around with food and finding out right it's like no. first we have to let this this grape go bad then we have to <laughs> Put a pickle, put a cucumber what, in it, and see what happens. Once we're done letting the grapes go bad and see what's up, it's like now that we know that weird stuff happens when we mix foods. What are we gonna do next? Yeah, I love the idea that we went cooked meat, wine, and then pickle. Like I love that trio. It's it's those and bread and cheese. It's those. It's that's the four things that it's like. Okay, yeah, we we did we made a a fruit mistake. <laughs> we made a, a meat error we let our milk go bad and then we 
put a veggie in it. And all of those things together make like 90% of the food in the world. And it's beautiful. Um, this is like in civilization, you know, when you have like the big <laughs> technology tree and like we're on the third level. It's like we have animal husbandry. And then now that we've done that, now we can move on. <laughs> Once the animals get married, they're going to just make some mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're going to leave fruit out. They're going to leave their milk out. And then we're going to mess around. It's funny you said that about vinegar because um, we use vinegar as a cleaning solvent sometimes for like yeah. the various things they have. And so we buy like the big jugs, you right. know, the ones that look like chemical, like you would buy bleach in the same thing, but yeah. it's white vinegar. So it's always funny where we're like, oh, we got to go clean something. Let's go get the white vinegar. And then we're also like, oh, we got to go pickle some stuff. Let's go <laughs> under the sink and get the big chemical jug. Which, like, you know, maybe the next mistake we as humans need to make is grabbing the wrong chemical jug from under the sink and see what happens. I do not like that. That's already the, <laughs> that's already, like, the pine sole or, like, the wood cleaner slash aerosol oil thing. How they're, like, exactly the same. I don't like that. Yeah, no. Uh, for for legal purposes, that was a joke. Uh, speaking of <laughs> things that are acidic and uh, things that developed through cursed use of dairy, there we go. True, we got there. True, Should true. we move on to our next matchup? I would love that. Yes. Shout out pickles. Perfect. Sorry, potatoes. Yeah. All right. Uh, so our next matchup is one that feels a little bit less intense to me, uh, but maybe, maybe we'll see. We'll see. Uh, and that is uh, from our host choice bracket. One of mine versus one of Teffer's citrus versus ice cream. Eric, where are you leaning on this one? This is so difficult for me. I think that this is a real, this is actually really, really difficult. There's just so much citrus out there. I think yeah. that citrus, much like the Kennedys, there is a lot. <laughs> There's just too much out there. Because, like, huh. we all love lemons. We all love limes. We all love the idea, the overarching idea of orange. But I think that there's just too much going on in citrus for it to overcome. There's not, there's a lot of mid to average, I would say, poor citrus out there. Like, sure. when you get a bad lime like a dry lime, I think that can you fuck up ice cream that much as a dry lime? Can you RFK Jr. <laughs> ice cream enough? I don't think so. And I was going into this saying how much, well, ice cream is my favorite dessert, but I'm also sure. very burnt out on hard ice cream. It's gotten so much love lately, and I think it's the real bastion of like, you know, now that Jenny's has blown up, I don't know, is that a, has that gotten to Canada? No. It's like a very, what, like, there's a lot of bougie ice cream lines out there. Okay, okay, yeah. And they're innovating, and they're delicious, but it's like, I, my, my thing, my personal thing, I love soft serve. Sure. I love frozen yogurt. And I know that we really rode the crest there, the 16 handles, like get a big cup and fill it up with stuff and then do it yourself and they charge you $22 for it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know that that's where we were at, but like, man, how innovative, how interesting. And I think that ice cream is just so good for mm -hmm. someone who's less of a hater. I think that there's so much flavor out there right now. There's so much innovation in the ice cream space that like the sheer the sheer power of a good citrus just cannot overcome. I think that it's also too divisive. People different people love different citruses. I love grapefruit. I love grapefruit flavor. I love the grapefruit itself. I love everything about grapefruit. I know a lot of people who think grapefruit is stupid and bad. <laughs> stupid name too bitter what are you doing this isn't the 80s i'm not eating this for breakfast 
And like, mm-hmm. I also, I'm not mad about it. I know that. It, but, and I felt that way about oranges for a very long time. I do not like orange flavoring. I think it tastes stupid. And I think that pulp and open and pulp in orange juice is dumb. I think that there's too much going on in citrus, so there's no coalition of people mm. who are like, yes, all citrus is good. Well, everyone can say all all ice cream is good. Or the floor for ice cream is much higher than mm. the Kennedy, the lowest Kennedy floor, the Ted Kennedy <laughs> killing someone, the Chappaquiddick of uh, of bad, of getting like a dry lime or a, or grapefruit. So are you voting ice cream? I'm voting ice cream, yes. Okay, okay. Now that that's been made official, I agree with you completely. Uh, I love citrus. I rarely have a bad citrus experience, but I completely agree that ice cream is like the stronger candidate here, which is why it's my candidate, frankly. Um, But I, (laughs) I think for me, like... The thing that stands out in your argument here is just, yeah, with with something like ice cream, I think it's possible to make a bad ice cream. Let's be real. Like every every grocery store, every oh, grocery sure. store freezer aisle is going to have like tiers of ice cream, right? But even at its worst, the most like bottom tier, lowest common denominator ice cream, you still know what you're going to get. And what you're going to yeah. get is um, uh, like a fine experience. Like you're not going to have an ice cream that's so bad that yes. you can't eat it. Sometimes you buy a bag of oranges and half the oranges have surprise mold. Yes. Yes. Which 100%. doesn't happen with frozen shit because it's frozen. And like, you're not going to buy a frozen bag of oranges. Yeah. I, like, I that's really interesting. I want to shout. I have some examples of this that I find very relevant. Like that reminds me when you just said that, that reminds me of how I feel about pizza and how sure. I feel about like Chinese food is like, you <laughs> are very aware of the quality you're going to get, but the, the the level of enjoyment that you how straightforward it is how you want how it conveys itself yeah is so like i can go for bad pizza bad ice cream bad chinese food and i can also go for incredible versions of that but i know exactly yeah. what i'm getting into when you have no idea and i think this is also citrus's problem that you need to cut in or peel a citrus it is so hard to know if you are getting bad citrus it is yeah. nearly impossible I don't want to say that that's like an overall boon for processed stuff over like fresh ingredients, but I think it kind of is right. Like you can't guarantee that you're going to have access to the fresh thing, that the fresh thing is going to be good quality when you get it, or that you're going to like enjoy the fresh thing when you get it consistently from one to another, because sometimes you'll get a batch and like each of them will just have like, you know, a variety of quality to it, right? Like in a bag of grapes, even if they're on the same vine, they might not taste exactly the same, right? And like- I, I'm thinking about buying a buying a bag of clementines and it's like, oh, some of these are going to be gross, but some of them are good. Like that yeah. they ripen at different positions. Well, like my mom's husband goes to Kroger and buys like the gallon tub of Sherbert and sure. he knows exactly what he's getting into. Just yeah. like the, the commodification of these foods- even belies how how wildly uh, variant citrus yeah. is. Oh, hundred percent on the the hard ice cream versus soft ice cream thing, and we're we're gonna run out of time mm-hmm. soon, so I'm gonna keep this quick. I think I, generally speaking, am only a hard ice cream person when it comes to Ben and Jerry's, and with everything yeah. else, I prefer soft serve. And Ben and Jerry's, I will sing their praises for the rest of my life. They are a company that does things that I love regularly and also that seem to have like perfected ice cream for me. But if I'm getting ice cream that's not Ben and Jerry's, I want soft serve. 
100% of the time. And there's thankfully like no shortage of good soft serve in Montreal. Like that's something we have figured out as a city. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. It's hard to find. It's a little harder to find in New York. Mm-hmm. I think just also because of the, the coolness of hard ice cream at the moment, but sure. there are plenty of places that do incredible, incredible hard ice cream. We have Van Leeuwen over here, which is really great. And yeah, Jenny's we talked about is something that's like in the South and in the mid- in Midwest. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, like, you know, that stuff is starting to become like $10, uh, Right. pint and it's just annoying but it's like yeah i do want mary and berry cheesecake you're right you nailed it i do want that um i also want to shout out ben and jerry's also for their values but they have really good vegan and non-dairy flavors yeah and their frozen yogurt flavors are really really good there's a half-baked frozen yogurt that i get all of the time and it's just mm-hmm. so good it's so good yeah. i love frozen yogurt too i love when it when it's like tangier like i don't need it to be totally. that sweet i would like to say the power of the power of ice cream i was going to choose ice cream anyway but i felt like i had to wrestle with with citrus of course i do you know how much i like ice cream tom i had an ice cream that changed my favorite flavor of cake that's, that's how how good ice cream is <laughs> i had a yellow cake Ice cream that was like so yellow had pieces of yellow cake in it and like ribbons of chocolate frosting that okay. that told me that I like yellow cake more than I like devil's food cake. <laughs> that's that's how good it was. <laughs> that's really impressive. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me that you like ice cream so much that despite being lactose intolerant, you still eat a pint of it every night. Because if you had told me that, I would say, hey, that's something I have in common with you. <laughs> No, I have defied my genes and I can still eat dairy for the time being. I'm still pretty good. Good for you, man. Good for you. But yeah, I mean, there was a time when I was like, huh, maybe my body will feel better if instead of eating dairy ice cream, I eat the non-dairy stuff. I tried the Ben and Jerry's non-dairy stuff and it's actually really great. But eventually I just said, fuck it and went back to having copious amounts of dairy and I just deal. You can tell, though, the different ones that they do because they started out with sunflower and now they went to like almond and other ones, but now they're doing oat. Like, I think mm. it just takes a while for, because it is a larger company to like get that stuff through R&D. But they sure. announced that they're doing oat milk versions of some of their non-dairy stuff now. So like it does change the flavor profile. I say this all the time that like if you're going to have some and this is again because Amanda can't eat dairy. So she's very much in the non-dairy game. Like sure. you got to respect the type of nut or alternative milk that they're using and how that changes the flavor profile. Like, I love soy ice cream. I know that soy is out of style now, but it's like, I love that flavor. There's something very, like, there's something very non-dairy about it, but at least, like, I understand what it is and, like, I'm going to eat it the way that it is. Like, you know, my mom's been buying silk chocolate chocolate soy milk for as long as it's existed. And it's like, that's a very specific flavor that I like a lot. Well, that's it. And, like, if you know how to use the ingredients well what you make will be delicious no matter what the sort of conventions are around that thing. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for, for starting the ice cream conversation this season with like frozen yogurt and non-dairy ice creams as part of it in a positive way, because I hadn't even totally considered that yet. I was just thinking ice cream's delicious. I'm sure it'll get votes. So I think you've just like opened up the game for the rest of the tournament this year. And hopefully the other judges who uh, see it will, will feel it. Last year, I felt so strongly about my choices. This year, I really needed to wrestle, and I feel like I did more putting down the other team than I did repping for my team. But it's because it was tough. Both of the both of these were really close. They really yeah. are, and I love all four of the choices. But like potatoes and citrus need Mother Gaia to like give them some level ups. They got to go train. 
They got to yeah. go uh, evolve. They got to go get a Thunderstone before they can uh, match up against my, my boys, pickles and ice cream. Probably two things that I eat almost every day if I could. That's the thing, right? It's it's daily it's daily bread a little bit. Yeah. Oh, for sure. If if my if I had my druthers, if I went to the grocery store recently, then I had eaten ice cream and pickles that day. Hundred percent, as it should be. Yeah. Eric, thank you so much for uh, phoning in, helping us judge this round of Munch Madness. Can you tell people where to find you should they wish to? Yeah, you can listen to Join the Party, which is an actual Play Dungeons & Dragons podcast, but specifically for all the people who listen to No Bad Food. We're going on tour, folks. We are traveling around the country to do live shows for Join the Party and for Spirits, which is a mythology podcast. And the four people who are on both of those shows are going around the country. We're at the end of March from the 21st to the 27th, I'm pretty sure. We are doing Seattle. We are doing Minneapolis, Chicago, Chicago. Boston, New York, D.C., and Philly. Not in that order, but pretty close to that order. Uh, And if you want to go see a really great podcast uh, live show, which I care a lot about and making it really interesting, we're doing a lot of interesting stuff, like fun things that you do with Dungeons & Dragons and with mythology and maybe some other just fun comedy stuff in between. Please come check it out. Come see us. Come buy tickets. We really want to be able to go do this. And if y'all come out, uh, we're really going to enjoy ourselves. You can go to jointhepartypod.com slash live to get any of the tickets in the various cities. All the way at the end of March. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. I, I'm going to enjoy doing it. It's going to be so much fun. You can see what hat and shoes I'm going to wear. That's the thing. If you don't go to the Join the Party and Spirits live show, how are you going to know what clothing fashion influencer Eric Silver is wearing on stage? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to wear my Edith sweatshirt, my my Jewish <laughs> deli sweatshirt that I have. <laughs> All right. Well, Eric, thank you so much uh, again for doing this. And, uh, you know, we'll see what the other guest judge says about these matchups. But uh, I know that I personally would be very excited if they voted the same way as you. So we'll see what happens. Uh, well, they seem like they're going to be wrong unless they agree with me. And then they're 100 percent correct. <laughs> Are you going to deny the weird cravings of a pregnant woman? I thought not. It's 2024. Whoa, there's the there's the 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 rub. There's the rub, <laughs> guys. That's the that's the real kicker in this matchup, this pair of matchups. Pregnant women need to be seen and if you deny them you're a bad person. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Zoom's about to cut us off. Love you, brother. Thanks for doing this. Talk to you soon. Bye time. So Eric brought us a vote for pickles and a vote for ice cream. Of course, we can't just let Eric decide the fate of this first round, so we will be calling up a second guest judge in just a minute. But first, the mid-roll! If you're enjoying the show so far, make sure to hit subscribe on your platform so that you never miss a new episode. This is especially important during Munch Madness, Mm -hmm. because if you miss an episode, you're going to be lost. You're not going to go know what's going on. You're going to be like, there in the competition? When did that happen? When did my choice get knocked out? And you're going to be so confused. So make sure you hit subscribe so that doesn't happen. Frankly, if you're not subscribed and I find out which one is your choice, I'm going to make sure it gets eliminated. Yeah, it's not a democracy in Munch Madness, folks. There's all kinds of gerrymandering and and jerry-rigging and filibustering and Definitely things. That one. We're really more, this is the only time that we're similar to Republicans. <laughs> While you're at it, you can also leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or if your platform has reviews. I believe Spotify now has reviews. Yeah, yeah. Spotify is one of those ones where, like, you love to hate it, but honestly, Spotify... Uh, doing well on Spotify does a lot for our profile so if you want to give us a little bump there we really appreciate it Um, 
Um, you can also share this episode with a friend. Maybe your one friend who likes citrus more than ice cream. There's got to be somebody out there. Probably. Vegans. Um, you know what I love, though? A creamsicle. Sure. Ground plus sunlight plus water plus a tulip bulb is a tulip. Okay. That's some great math. That's the kind of math I can get behind. Good stuff, buddy. For every new rating and review we get during the month of February, I can't say it like Tom does. February. February. <laughs> we'll be donating $2 to the depot. Our, <laughs> our local food bank here in NDG. They can turn every $1 into $3 worth of food for a family in need. So by doing the simple free act of leaving a rating and review of the show, you're functionally donating $6 worth of food to people who need it. There's literally no other way to turn zero into six, although you can turn dirt, sunlight, water, and a tulip bulb into a tulip. So if that math is exciting for you, go do it. You can read all about what The Depot is doing at the link in the description of this episode. Did you know that we're on Patreon? That's right. This show exists entirely thanks to donations from listeners like you over at patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod. If you join our Patreon, you get access to our exclusive newsletter, the No Bad Food Recipe Club, and our Discord server, where we post new recipes for you to try out and share with your friends and family. And honestly... Discord is a really solid place to uh, become a guest on the show, and Patreon is a really good way to become a guest on the show. And that is uh, just a wee bit of a segue, because our second guest judge is one of our patrons. So, uh, you know, if you want to be a guest judge on here, maybe join up at patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod today. Let's toss it over to Aslam. All right, our second guest judge here on the inaugural episode of Munch Madness 2024 here on No Bad Food is Aslam Shadri, the lawyer, writer, blogger, patron, my favorite Cold War spy thriller. How you doing? Thanks for <laughs> thanks for joining us. Hey, Tom, how you doing? I'm alive. It's been a bit of a week. I'm not going to lie to you. How are you doing? You are the one who matters today. I am just a vessel. I am doing well. I uh, am running on minimal sleep, which is... Woo good it's good full nights of sleep are overrated right that's <laughs> maybe haven't had one since 1994 and i'm not old gray and tired at all it's good we're we're in the same we're at the same level of of uh sleep deprivation today which means it's gonna get goofy maybe or it's gonna be sleepy but at either rate votes will be cast and we will maybe find out who moves on to the next round and here on munch madness that is the thing that matters most so uh are you ready to get into this are you ready to cast your votes yes let's do it perfect so for the first matchup here we have our people's choice division potato versus pickle who are you going with and why so this is hard i mean both these matchups are hard and and part of part of me was trying to figure out what the criteria is. And I was thinking about, you know, Munch Madness is, is I would imagine inspired by March Madness. And if like Duke beats Gonzaga, they don't wipe Gonzaga off the face of the earth. Right. So right. it's just on the day who plays better. Right. Sure. I don't have to like, Ooh, live in a, in a hypothetical world where pickles no longer exist. Cause I chose potatoes. Right. But I am going to choose potatoes because as much as I love pickles and Pickles and I have a long history. I used to hate pickles as a kid. Whenever the rare treat when we got taken to McDonald's, I'd take the pickles off the burger. And then after a while, I started taking the pickles off the burger and then eating them. And then after further time, I started leaving them on and eating them and then started buying pickles just as a snack, which I still do. I still crack open a jar of pickles and have it as a snack. Sure. Not the whole jar. Not if my mom's listening. But you just, the humble potato, 
you can't it's just you can do so much with it you can boil it mash it stick it in the stew i saw that in the movie once tinker taylor soldier spy yeah it's one of those top tier comfort foods because you can do so much with it you can make a potato something really fancy you can make some potato something really cheesy and gooey and comforting or potato is one of those foods that's like almost new to me because I didn't really grow up eating a lot of potatoes. We were, you know, it's a South Asian household. So we did rice most of the time when, when, you know, say a white American family would be eating potatoes. So sure, yeah. I, you know, mashed potatoes were a thing that I only started eating in high school. We had the occasional baked potatoes, which I was never really a big fan of, mm-hmm. uh, unless you were smothering it in butter and sour cream and and uh, cheese. Cheese is always good. Cheese and potatoes works. But, you know, one of those things where I came to it later in life and I just absolutely discovered the joy of potatoes. I mean, obviously I had chips and fries and stuff, but seeing how many different ways you can do it and developing my own recipes for whipped potatoes and things like that. And I just, I just think they're too versatile to say no to here. Sure. Well, that's really interesting. Like I, um, we just did an episode on curry last week and you mentioned South Asian cuisines and there are a lot of South Asian cuisines that will put potatoes in their curry. So when you said like, oh, you know, we, we didn't have a lot of potatoes growing up. There was a dissonant moment for me there. Where I was like, well, wait a minute, hang on. Yeah. So yeah, we did have potato, like my mom would, would make uh chicken with aloo potato, right? You get these, there'd be these small red potatoes that usually cut in half or quarters and mixed in, cooked all together. It's not like having a potato as a side dish. It was a yeah, okay, part okay. of the main thing that I would then eat with rice. Right. Potato as an ingredient as opposed to potato as a, as a like feature. Exactly. Okay. I see. There we go. Yeah. That, that, that makes sense. Yeah. I feel like potatoes until you really until you really like have a dish that is a potato forward dish, they kind of disappear into the background a little bit, but like not in a bad way. Right. Like, cause when you cook a potato into like a stew or a curry or something, it adds a thickness to it. It has that kind of starchiness to it. That's really nice. And yeah, like, absolutely. it retains warmth in a really nice way. And it like gives like a bit of a like thick texture just in the bite itself, but it doesn't really bring a lot flavor wise until you're doing a dish that is potato forward, like like a French fry or like a baked potato or something. So I totally get that. Yeah, that makes sense. What was the moment where a potato fell from a tree and landed on your head and made you go Eureka? Like what was the, what was your potato moment? I think I can almost picture it. It was some sort of family occasion and you know, maybe a birthday or Mother's Day or something, and we were out at a steakhouse. Mm. And I saw mashed potatoes on on the menu, which to me was always like, I think I remember seeing mashed potatoes at like my school cafeteria as right. an option or hearing about it on one of the many sitcoms we used to watch. Kids complaining about meatloaf and mashed potatoes. That was like, you know, Home Improvement or all those other shows that I grew up watching. Sure. Which, I mean, we can do meatloaf later. That was another thing I came to late in life and absolutely adore after hearing so many terrible things about it. But I got... I think it was lobster and mashed potatoes, or maybe it was truffle and mashed potatoes. Either way, I got it at a steakhouse, and they, that was my light bulb moment where I was just like, this is amazing. Yeah. Why did nobody tell me that you could do this to a potato? Yeah, I mean, like, I think that makes a lot of sense that a steakhouse potato was your, like, your light bulb moment. Because steakhouses really do, 
I have a lot of good things to say about like street food potatoes and like fast food potatoes. Don't get me wrong. But I think that the like pinnacle of an extremely well executed potato is in the steakhouse sides, you know, whether it's like uh, whether it's steakhouse fries that tend to be just kind of next level or mashed potatoes with like garlic butter or whatever the the steakhouse really tends to know what it's doing with a spud. And, and that like that resonates deeply with me as a moment of like potato recognition. I love that. Yeah, I mean, the steakhouse sides, they get you, you, they load you up with, you know, usually tons of butter, salt. There's usually bacon or there's lobster or there's truffle. And it just, they just, steakhouses really make great sides. It's it's almost like I will get, when I go to a steakhouse, a smaller steak so I can enjoy more sides because I'm never going to make cream spinach for myself at home. I don't know how to do that. It sounds terrible. But when it comes out of the, at a steakhouse, it's delicious. Yeah. I don't even know where the cream comes from in a spinach plant. And I don't want to know. No. I don't need to know. I don't I don't like cooking with milk or anything like that. It's it warm warming milk is strange to me. It scares me. <laughs> Cause I'm like, I don't understand. If I leave milk outside, it goes bad. But if I heat it, it's okay. But I don't want to know. I'm not a scientist. But at a steakhouse, I'm looking at I'll get the smallest steak, give me the cream spinach. Give me mashed potatoes and, you know, macaroni cheese, please. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so we we have a vote for potato. This is exciting because I'll tell you now, the other guest judge on this episode voted for pickle, which means we have a tie here, which means we're going to have to throw it to the listeners for a tiebreaker. Uh, and I'll explain how that all goes down at the end of the show for people listening. Uh, but that's very exciting. I, uh, I, I am always torn on ties because on the one hand, they make my life a little more complicated because I have to actually do things after the episode is finished. Uh, on the other hand, though, it makes it a little bit more democratic for the listeners, which is always exciting. And it kind of keeps us in suspense, like just slightly longer. Right. So this is exciting. We got uh, we got a potato versus pickle tie here in the first round. Uh, should we move to the second round of judging and see if things are a little more mutual? Let's do it. Let's do it. So in our second round, it is the host choice division, which means that after this round, either myself or Teffer will be sad and will feel personally insulted by your choice. Uh, So our matchup today is, no pressure, citrus versus ice cream. I have a feeling citrus was Teffer's choice. And if so, I think she's going to be sad because there's never a moment where I'm sitting there and thinking, you know what sounds really good right now? Biting into a lemon and just... (laughs) eating a lemon (laughs) raw it's ice cream of course it's ice cream and i know i know citrus fruits have a knock-on effect because i also use citrus a lot in cooking and there's things like lemonade and and sauces and aiolis and all this stuff but like i said we're not wiping citrus fruits off the face of the earth but on 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 any given day it's going to be ice cream i want ice cream i want ice cream right now (laughs) Listen, I completely understand, and I am uh, 100% on your page there. You are right. Uh, Citrus was Teffer's pick. Ice cream was mine. And I'm very excited to tell you that Eric also voted for ice cream, which means I win. Tom wins. Ha ha ha. First round victory for me. Uh, Ice cream will advance to the next round of Munch Madness. Um, Okay, what's your go-to ice cream? What's your, like, uh, if you had to pick a platonic ideal ice cream, what is it for you? Oh, man. I, you know, I had vanilla soft serve the other day, and I'm just amazed at how good that was. But if I had to choose, like, just the one, like, my go-to, it's always cookies and cream. It's sure. always good. 
I just, I love it. And it's odd because I'm not the, as I've grown older, I've become less and less of an Oreo cookie fan. But when you surround it all with vanilla ice cream, it just, it's divine. It's, sure. And that, like, that's, that's one of the things with, with ice cream. And it's so universal. It's everybody at every age likes ice cream, you know? Mm-hmm. It can be fancy. It can be, uh, I mean, like a potato, right? You can do fancy ice cream. You can do gelato. You can do rolling it, twisting it. I don't know. All sorts of people do crazy things with ice cream these days. They they can make it look like fried chicken, but then still be vanilla. I've seen that for ice cream. That's crazy. Yeah. I saw a mac- macaroni and cheese flavored ice cream, which I really want to try. I mean, I don't want to try. I think I feel like I'm compelled to try it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I'm compelled to watch Madam Web. I mean, I don't want to. I'm just going to have to. I you know, need I, to. I get it. I, I had a coworker just last night said she was going on a date to dinner and then she was going to go see Madam Web after. And I was like, two things. One, go into it with low expectations, because I think that's the trick to movies like that, is that like it doesn't look that good, but I bet it will be fun if you go into it expecting it to be kind of mediocre, you know? And two, <laughs> find out if you can get the Timothy Chalamet sex bucket, even if you're not seeing Dune. And if so, bring me one. You're talking to somebody who's seen Aquaman twice and hated it both times. <laughs> I, 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 Why'd you do that to yourself? I just needed to know. And then I, I needed to know again. Okay. Okay. You had to confirm that it was actually bad. It yeah. Cause like the first time I watched it, I was, it was actually the night after it was after night one of my bar exam. Um, so I was pretty loopy and tired and in a hotel and I watched it on the tiny hotel TV while making fists with my toes in the carpet. And, <laughs> and I was like, wow, that was, that was pretty bad, but you know, I'm distracted. Let me give it another shot. And it was just as bad the second time, actually worse. I paid more attention to it the second time. It was much worse in general. If you get ice cream and for me, it's gotta be sort of like, if not a vanilla base, but like a close to vanilla base, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can't do chocolate ice cream. It's a weird thing for me. Like I never really liked chocolate flavored things. Like I was the only kid in elementary school who never got chocolate milk. I never liked sure. it. I never, I didn't like talking about it. If somebody <laughs> had you who like looking at it, that continued on to, to ice cream. And sure. it, it wasn't until maybe my early twenties that I was like, you know what, let me try a piece of chocolate cake again. And then I liked that. So sure. I'm working into things that are chocolatey, but not necessarily chocolate. Yeah. But with ice cream, give me vanilla, give me like a cake batter or, or I've, I've had a, a white chocolate strawberry cheesecake. Okay. Ice was that cream, the, was which that was amazing. The, was that the Ben and Jerry's one? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's for me, it's a landslide. It, it's a no brainer. Sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's interesting, like, the thing for me with ice cream versus citrus is every day I want ice cream. Every time I have citrus, I'm like, I'm really glad I had that citrus. Often it's because my body desperately, desperately needed it to stave off scurvy. But, like, every day I want ice cream, you know? (laughs) It's like, if you were to ask me which one of these things I think I would suffer more for not having Probably on a nutritional level, it would be citrus, but on a joy level, it would be ice cream. And like, even even within ice cream, there are citrus ice creams, but they're not the best ice creams most of the time. And like, <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> that's just, that's all there is to it. If we were talking uh, water ice, which I realize, as I say, is a, is a colloquial term, 
uh, Granita. Sure. I think is yeah. So we, we in the Philadelphia area, we sort of it was a high Italian population, so we, Granita became water ice to sell to the non-Italians. Sure, sure. Those are a lot of fruit-based ones. Yeah. Lemon has become my favorite, like one of my favorite water ice flavors. Oh yeah, lemon granita is delicious. Well, and I I think it's worth mentioning that like. When we're talking about ice cream here during Munch Madness, I think there is space for things like frozen yogurt and granita and and sherbet and like anything else. And that's how that word is pronounced, by the way. Anything else that like oh sherbet, yeah, <laughs> sharbarb, any anything that's like close enough to ice cream that like if you saw it in a freezer with ice cream, you wouldn't be like, why is this in this freezer? Like, I think they're all fair game, right? Like there's, yeah. I love a lemon granita more than I love an actual lemon most of the time, you know? Like I'm not going to crave, it's like you said earlier, I'm not going to bite into a lemon, but if you give me ice cream, I will eat it. Yeah, like that's, that's the other thing, right? You can get a vitamin C supplement, right? <laughs> there are pills you can take yeah. that will give you the things that are in citrus fruits. There's no ice cream pill. Except maybe Dippin' Dots. <laughs> But ice cream, ice cream's so good that if you, if you intentionally turn it into a liquid, you get a new form of ice cream that's possibly even more delicious. Because I'm a confirmed milkshake guy. Okay, okay. See, I think that's that's the most controversial thing you've said today. Because I think that after a certain point, ice cream that has melted and turned into liquid stops being as pleasant a consumption experience. Well, once it gets warm, right? But that's the thing with the milkshake because it's mm. still cold. But I think you have to like. Maybe it's because I I tend to gravitate toward like very busy chunky ice creams like I'm a Ben and Jerry's hoe and like okay. if you let Ben and Jerry's melt the experience is worse I think like I wouldn't I, want a Ben and Jerry's milkshake you know no yeah no. yeah I'm I don't I don't do the the mix-ins really with um with ice with milkshakes For the same reason I don't like orange juice with pulp in it be right. a drink or be a food <laughs> no in between. Orange juice with pulp is just boba tea for the cowardly. It's it's like it's like chunky peanut butter. Finish making the peanut butter. Oh, see, that's interesting because I I am on the opposite side with chunky peanut butter there, where I do like it crunchy. I like to have whole peanuts in there, but I'm not drinking peanut butter. It's true, yeah. I mean, like, especially with a, with a milkshake, you've got a straw situation. You're drinking, you're sucking through the straw, and then all of a sudden you've got a piece of cookie in your throat. Yeah. I don't want surprise cookie throat. I'm not. I don't have children myself. I'm not really great with kids. Uh, I love them. I think they're wonderful. I don't know how to act around them. I don't really know what to do. But I do know that if I need them to sit quietly for a few minutes, that I can break out ice cream. Or I can even just promise ice cream and get some traction that way. Yeah, absolutely. But I can't promise them a fruit and get some traction that way. At least no, I'm like, hey, Johnny, you, if you, if you, you know... If you finish your homework, I'll give you a lime. It's not going to work. <laughs> you know, you say that, but there was actually a time early in Toby's life where he would come into the kitchen and request limes. Of course. <laughs> of course. But that's because kids are weird, and kids will do weird things. Okay, well, hey, thank you for phoning in and being our second guest judge on this season of Munch Madness. Uh, we got a tie for potato versus pickle. We have a unanimous ice cream victory, sending ice cream into the next round. Uh, let's play a little hypothetical here. So ice cream will next be going up against, let's take a look at my little handy-dandy notebook here, either charcuterie or chocolate, depending on which one wins in that matchup. What do you think, uh, between those three, who do you think is going to come out as the champ of the 
host choice division that is hard that's hard well first before we get into that i want to say thank you for having me i always love doing these with you it's it's an absolute thrill and and really and uh whenever i see my name come up on my podcast feed it's really i i take a screenshot and i send it to my mother and uh she gets very excited about it awesome uh, but thank you again for having me. I, I really love doing these with you. Oh, it's always a pleasure. In my mind, I can't see chocolate beating ice cream. Okay. But I know a lot of people are absolutely out of their minds for chocolate. So that's a tough one. That's really going to be on the judge, I think. Sure if, sure. if it does, if it is ice cream versus chocolate, because if you get those really crazy chocolate people who are like, I love chocolate that's dark and bitter and not sweet and really a terrible punishing experience to eat then there's no way ice cream is going to beat that right sure i i know i'm one of those milk chocolate white chocolate people and i know people are like white chocolate's not even chocolate it's just sugar butter but if you say the words sugar butter you're scientifically proven to smile sure sugar butter i've got a smile on my face as we say exactly listeners try saying it out loud right now i don't care where you are I don't care who's around you. Just say sugar butter. On the train, in a library, just say sugar butter out loud. Are you at a funeral listening to a podcast? Say sugar butter out loud. Are you on trial for a double homicide? Is someone holding a gun to your head asking you for the secret password to get into the building you're trying to get into? And whatever words come out of your mouth, it's going to be the thing that decides whether you live or die. You got to say sugar butter. What if it ends up coming down to ice cream versus the charcuterie board? That's a hard one because I know historically proteins don't do that well Mm -hmm. in Munch Madness. So I'm, I'm again, leaning to ice cream, taking that one. But, and maybe it's because I'm, I'm getting close to lunchtime. Well, not that close. So I don't really have an excuse, but the thought of a charcuterie board is, is kind of making my mouth water right now both of those are my picks so (laughs) if it comes down to ice cream versus charcuterie board i'm just gonna kick back smoke a cigar and watch the chaos (laughs) because you know you think a little a little salami a little capicola maybe some manchego cheese with honey and crisp apple oh it's that's tough because that's i i do think ice cream again just the craveability of ice cream is going to put it on top of charcuterie. I think it pips it. I I think I agree with you, except for how trendy charcuterie boards are this year. Charcuterie was my, like, trendy pick. I'm trying to win this year. And for me, charcuterie is, like, one of those things where people hear it and they think clout right out the gate. And I'm like, maybe the clout chasers will vote for it, you know? Is, is, is charcuterie getting really popular? Because, I mean, obviously... It, it's been it's been a big part of the Philly food scene for a long time, charcuterie boards. So sure. I don't know if there's a wave in popularity in other places where, where it didn't used to be. But. I I would say I've seen a lot of like board based food businesses, like like small businesses where they make a where they make a board and send it to you in the mail kind of thing. Or not in the mail, that's chaotic, but you know what I mean. Like I've seen I've seen lots of like small scale catering that is charcuterie board based over the past like few years. And like when people post stuff on social media, that's the thing they post usually, right? Is the big beautiful spreads. That's true. They are very Instagrammable. That's it. It has the Instagram factor. So we'll see. We'll see. We don't have to decide that today, thankfully, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything you want people to check out before I let you go? Oh, uh, yeah. I would love it if you could check out my blog, 
which is um, Study Room Pod. That's S T U D Y R O O M P O D dot com. It was originally going to be a podcast with a blog on the side, and then sort of just became a blog. And I don't feel like changing the domain. So, <laughs> listen, it's just studyroompod.com, dot com, right? Yes. You're not committed to it being a podcast. You're just committed to be it being a little space that people can go into. Maybe there's a group of whales. I think you're <laughs> yes. good. You're in the clear. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you. That that works. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. So yeah, it's just a little entertainment blog. I run it on my own. I talk about whatever is is on my mind at the moment, whether it's trends in entertainment or the new movie that I'm compelled to watch, even though I hate it, or something that I love and I think more more people need to see, like Reservation Dogs, for example. Sure. I update it as frequently as I can, which is usually once every month to two months to five months. And uh, if somebody, if you check it out, I'd really appreciate that. That'd be great. And do you have any social media you want people to follow? Yeah, I'm. I'm on. Can I still say Twitter? Is it okay if I just say Twitter? I think it's fine to say Twitter. Sure. Is <laughs> okay. So my my Twitter is at Oslon Chowdhury. If um, if you can spell my name, you can find me on Twitter. New followers are always welcome. All right. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you again for phoning in and joining us as a guest judge on Munch Madness this year. Thank you for your continued support of our show, both on Patreon and, you know, morally, emotionally in our Discord. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I am looking forward to seeing how uh, how the tiebreaker shakes down and seeing where things go from here. Do you think Ice Cream has a shot at winning the tournament this year, like overall? Rice is going to be hard to beat, I think. Yeah. My heart is with Mountain Dew. My only hope is that is that Giovanni gets it because I think he he he'll give it a a strong defense as well. Who knows? You know? Who knows? Well, there we have it, folks. A unanimous vote for ice cream. What did I say? Yeah. <laughs> I was I was that was rigged. I was set up from the beginning. Honestly, like I I wasn't ready to say that it was going to be one sided, but like I'm not. Listen, shocked, if it had you know? if the matchup had been ice cream and chocolate, we might have seen different results. Is all I'm saying. Well, you know, maybe that'll happen in the next round. We don't know. We'll see. Because <laughs> uh, ice cream will go up against either chocolate or charcuterie boards in the second round. So, what's your prediction there? I think chocolate's going to wipe the floor with charcuterie boards. I know they are your precious baby angels, and That's you okay. love them so much. But like chocolate, yeah, right. Toby, would you rather have chocolate or a charcuterie? Chocolate. Same. Yeah. Same, bro. But Toby, it's important. Which would you rather have between chocolate and ice cream? Which one do you think is better? I don't know. It's yeah, a, hard a hard choice. One. That's yeah. a hard one. That's... Yeah, both of them are so good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's it, right? It's hard. And all the hard decisions do have to be made ultimately here on Munch Madness, including our People's Choice Division, where we have a tie. So you guys now get to help us make the hard decision by going to our Instagram page at NoBadFoodPod and voting for your favorite. Do you want potatoes to go to the next round? Do you want pickles to go to the next round? What do you think, Toby? Potato or pickle? Usually I think potatoes from my day acre are a little better from the pickles we have at home. And we don't usually have um, pickles at the daycare. Are you voting for potatoes over pickles? I really didn't expect that. I didn't that. see that one coming. Amazing. No. Whoa. Toby upturning the pickle cart. Yeah. Toby, over here. Toby, who at home will never eat a potato but loves <laughs> to eat pickles, just told me he likes the potatoes at daycare more than he likes the pickles from home. That's amazing. That is amazing. How do they do the potatoes at daycare? What is the witchcraft? What's the secret? They like make it into little squares and they 
Don't use like any um seasoning. Oh boy, your Anglo-Saxon side is coming in strong, isn't it, baby? They they do it like some tiny cubes. Like little hat, little home fries. Yeah. Yeah, that's good to know. That's I do know. I do love a tiny cubed potato. That sounds pretty gummy. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, Toby is not our tiebreaker, but uh, maybe he can sway you toward the potato. If not, maybe you can be swayed toward the pickle. Which if not, maybe you, you should try the potatoes at Toby's daycare. Yeah, frankly, apparently. they sound great. <laughs> so... Once again, guys, head to our Instagram page at NoBadFoodPod and vote. The winner will be announced at the start of next week's episode, so make sure to hit subscribe if you haven't already, otherwise you will not find out the results. And I will personally see to it that the one that you want to win is eliminated out of spite. That's it for this first round of Munch Madness. Thank you so much for listening to No Bad Food. Do you want to be part of the conversation? Hit us up on the socials at NoBadFoodPod and individually at Tefferbear and at Tonsilatni. If you liked this episode and want to help us make the show even better, you can head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod and donate. For as little as $1 a month, honestly, you're going to spend more than $1 a month on pickles this year or so, or maybe potatoes. You can join the ranks of fine folks like Chantal H., Gab, Thomas, Erica, Andrew, Chantal T., David, Mallory, Sarah, Carol, Ann, Rachel, Aslam, and Anne. Our patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks. I really got into my reading to a five-year-old voice there. (laughs) Our patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show. So if that's exciting for you, head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod and make that happen. We also have merch. So if you want some merch, you can hit the merch link in the description to get all sorts of great merch from our friends at the Podcavern Merch Store. You like the word merch? (laughs) You can get a hat. You can get an apron. You can get a shirt. You can get a mug. (laughs) What else can you get, Toby? A toilet. You can get a toilet (laughs) with our logo on it. Do you want do you want to poop into our logo? Now you can. At our merch store. (laughs) And of course you can support us for free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this episode with a friend. Our theme music is by Zach, Mr. Potato Head Ingles, and our cover art is by David, my theme music is an ice cream truck, Flam. You can find links for both of them in the description of this episode. And last but not least, the show is produced by Tom Zalatni, that's you, and Tefra Jemian, that's me, and edited by Tom Zalatni, that's me. No, you're not the editor. I'm the editor. Are you editing the podcast now? Because that would free up a lot of time for Papa. <laughs> As part of the Podcavern Network, you can find out about all the great shows on our network at www.podcavern.com. So, we will see you next week, and in the meantime, remember... There's no such thing as a bed of wood. You understand. It just takes a little time. It takes a little time. No Bad Food is a proud member of the Podcavern Network. For more great shows like this one, head to podcavern.com. 
Have you ever seen those lists on the internet that's like top five sandwich toppings, top five movies of the year, top five celebrities who have a very punchable face? You know what I'm talking about. The point is, all these lists drive us crazy because we have no idea who made them and how they even narrowed down their top five list. That's where my podcast comes in. My name is Tung La and I am the host of Ranked. Top 5 lists of stuff that don't matter. In every episode, with the help of a motley crew of self-proclaimed experts, we debate, battle, and work together, showing you the entire process of how we got there to create a top 5 list of any and every topic we can think of, like top 5 brunch menu items, top 5 fictional dogs, top 5 90s songs, top 5 Steve's? The list goes on and on, and we will not rest till we rank basically everything. So join us every second Thursday in the pod cavern for ranked top five lists of stuff that don't matter. Top five, top five, top five. In 2017, Universal Studios announced The Dark Universe, an ambitious project that would see all of their classic movie monsters come together like some kind of horror Avengers. Only one movie was ever made, which bombed so hard they canceled the entire franchise. But what if they hadn't? On our podcast, Are You Afraid of the Dark Universe, we imagine the connected horror universe that never was. Every week, one of us pitches the other on the next movie in the universe until we grow to Marvel proportions and beyond. So far, we've tackled Frankenstein, The Wolfman, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and many more, and we're just getting started. Follow along on your favorite podcast app and ask yourself the question, Are you afraid of the dark universe?